Welcome back to Table Talk with Tori. Today is January 6, 1914. In this episode, we are going to be interviewing Mohandas Karmichan Gandhi and his mother Putlibai Gandhi about their lives. Mohandas Gandhi has already experienced many things in his life, and today we are going to learn about his childhood and his return to Africa. going to begin by speaking to Putlibai, Gandhi's mom, about her relationship with her children, but specifically Mohandas. It is said that you treated Gandhi different than your other children. Why is this? Set high expectations for Gandhi because I saw something in him I have never seen in my other children. I always have and always will pray for him and will admittingly give him extra attention. From doing this, Mohandas in return looks up to me and respects me. Gandhi also proved his strength and courage at a very young age when his father fell ill. When Mohandas was only 14 years old, his father was bedridden for three years from fitsula. Fitsula is a disease in which an internal organ in the body leaks fluid. Mohandas was extremely serious about taking care of his dad. He always has been at his bedside, administering his medicine and doing whatever it took. He took extremely great care of his father and showed true character in such horrible circumstances. Not only that, but Mohandas is a great special soul to me because he impressed me with his devotedness to my religion. He enforced nonviolence, he practices vegetarianism, he casts, and he respects other people and their religions. Speaking of Gandhi respecting and taking in the Hindu religion, does religion have a large role in your life and your family? Yes, I am deeply religious. The door next to our home is a Vashunov Hindu temple that I take all my family, including my children, every day. We pray and honor all of the Hindu gods. I wanted my children to grow as humans, and I did so not only through religion, but by taking my children with me to tend to the lowercase and help nurse the sick. My hopes were to teach my children to show respect, kindness, and love to all people. Thank you, Putlibai, for speaking with us about religion and family life. We would now like to take this opportunity to speak to Mohandas Gandhi. As we finish speaking to your mother, Putlibai, we've learned more about your depth and character. We touched upon the way you were raised under the religion Hinduism. Can you elaborate? Growing up in Porbandar, I was raised by my mother. She was very committed to our religion, Hinduism. Hindus believe that all life is sacred and that everyone should respect one another no matter what their religion is. I would like to take this opportunity to explain what the religion Hinduism really is. Hinduism is referred to as a way of life where a set of beliefs and traditions are made that do not embrace one single god or prophet. There is a belief in a universal spirit called Brahman. Hinduism is divided into many sects and subgroups. Your family is Vashinav Hindus who worship the god Vishnu. So Gandhi, what key lesson has stuck with you since being taught the Hindu religion as a child? The most important lesson that I learned from Hinduism is tolerance. Hindus accept all religions and believe that all religions lead to finding the truth for the soul. We believe that no religion is superior and that everyone should be treated equally and not based on their religious beliefs. Hinduism teaches that each soul finds the truth and to what God a person prays to in order to find it is not as important as reaching the truth. So while you were in South Africa, the government began to test your Hindu beliefs about equality with the Asiatic Registration Bill, which the Indians referred to as the Black Act, was proposed in 1907. This required Chinese and Indian people to register with South African officials and get fingerprinted. They were forced to carry a permit, and if they were found without it, they could be fined, imprisoned, and deported from South Africa. Since the law said Black and Indian people were not given the same rights as white South Africans, how did you react? I was appalled and immediately left for London, where I hoped to convince British officials to not pass this act. As soon as I heard about this act, 
I refused to cooperate with the government and obey the law. I began to lead a nonviolent protest where more than 2,000 people joined along with me. I was arrested for leading the resistance, which only led to more people going on strike to support me. Even though I was put in jail during Christmas for my actions, I knew I needed to fight for this cause and that it was the right thing. Soon there were over 50,000 people on strike. Do you think you have the ability to counteract this law and take it away? I do believe that with a little bit more time, we can change the law. With all the people that went on strike, the government could not punish all of us. We deserve to be treated the same as the white South Africans. I think at some point this year, the act will be repealed and our protests will be successful. With the new law being announced that only Christian marriages have legal status in South Africa, do you agree with this bill? Or are you going to protest against it just as the Asiatic Registration Bill? Along with other Indians, I was infuriated I could no longer have an official marriage with my wife, Kesturbai. Recently, my followers and I have begun a series of marches across South Africa to show the injustices Indians are facing. We hope to see change coming in the future, allowing marriage between non-Christians. Why are you against violence when fighting for what is right? I believe that violence does not help what we are fighting for. When protesting, it is important to show that you are just like others and there is no reason to be treated differently. If violence is used, the protesters seem wild and not deserving of the rights they are fighting for. I think that that is a very important lesson for protesters around the world. When you are not fighting for a cause, what do you do to help out the community? When I am not fighting for a cause, I am with the poorest people of India. I treat the sick and lend a hand when needed. When the pneumonic plague broke out in 1904, fear of disease did not stop me from visiting where the plague hit hardest. I set up a makeshift hospital and nursed countless Indians back to health. That is amazing work. They must have been very grateful for your help. In what other ways did you help the Indians through tough times? I began to publish a weekly newspaper called Indian Opinion, which was distributed throughout South Africa. The articles were intended to inform the public about the Indian political cause and to bring attention to the health issues affecting poor Indians. I wanted to educate the poor about hygienic living habits so they could improve their overall health and standard of living. You've made such a big impact on so many lives. I cannot wait to see what more you do for others. Thank you for your time today, Mohandas and Putlibai. To our listeners out there, make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Come back next week for more interviews with influential figures.